There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Now that was Thanksgiving music. Last week, I played Christmas music, and I got some complaints about it. So I figured, you know what, I'll compromise, and I'll play whatever Thanksgiving music I can find. And when you Google free Thanksgiving music, that's one of the things that comes up. And of course, the second I heard it, I thought, you know what, this is it. This is the winner. I'm adding it to my workout playlist. It's peaceful. It's calming. I'm not sure what it has to do with Thanksgiving, but I'm trying to work in sound effects. Do you guys remember on the Rosie O'Donnell show? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you watched that show when it was on her talk show. She used to do that, Tommy, can you hear me? Tommy, can you hear me? She used to do that sound effect all the time, and I'm, I'm trying to think of what mine, my version of that will be. And I, you know what? I think it might be Wendy Williams saying Scherzingberger. Scherzingberger? <laughs> God, I love that. Scherzingberger? And Wendy has since had a very chaotic week since that interview aired, that classic Fergie interview. Wendy has fainted on her Halloween episode. She fainted, a very dramatic faint, and everyone was very worried. I posted a meme about it right after it happened, and I got so many people reaching out and telling me it was inappropriate and whatever. And she herself put out a statement immediately saying, everyone relax, I'm fine. And meanwhile, she is, her whole show's about her talking shit about people. I think she's the last person that would care that there's a meme about her. But, you know, there was a lot of Wendy defenders, and I get that, and I love Wendy Williams. And I, when that happened, I was so upset because my episode last week I put out, it was recorded before the Wendy Williams stuff happened because I was gone on vacation, so I recorded an episode so that I could post it while I was away. Then that Wendy Williams thing happened, and I was devastated that I couldn't immediately talk about this, and that I had to release an episode after it happened, but I wasn't able to talk about it. So, gosh, you don't know the sleepless nights I went through after not being able to discuss this with you guys. I mean, she fainted on air in her Statue of Liberty costume, which is fitting for the state of our country at this trying time in our country's history. She said she was overheated. She said she her costume was too much, and, and she was very clear that it was not a stunt. She said it was not a stunt, which to me, that's the thing you would say if it was a stunt, because I wouldn't think after I fainted to have to explain that it wasn't a stunt. Here's what she said exactly after it happened. That was not a stunt. I'm overheated in my costume and I did pass out, but you know what? I'm a champ and I'm back. Now, a lot of people are saying that this was done for publicity, for a viral moment, for some press for the show. Do I put it past Wendy to do something like this? No. I mean, she's a stunt queen. That's what that's part of her appeal, and that's part of why we love her. I don't know if this is a stunt. I'm inclined to maybe... I don't know, you guys. She said this is not a stunt, which is something I would say if I did a stunt. <laughs> like if I was doing a stunt, I'm a bad liar. I'm a terrible liar. So I would be the kind of person who... I, like, if I lie, I cover it up right away with too much information. So it's like if I was doing a stunt, I'd be like, that's, this is not a stunt. 
Like, that'd be the first place my mind would go. Whereas if I actually just fainted and had a medical issue or something like that, then I wouldn't say it was a stunt. However, she was in a very form-fitting costume. And as someone who has many times worn an outfit, a shirt, a pair of pants, a pair of jeans, uh, a pair of anything that is a size too small for me, I know what that's like. Form-fitting can be dizzying. You know, you're carrying a little extra holiday weight and you put on a shirt from summertime and, and you make it through the day. But it's not pleasant. It's tough. And under those lights of the stage lights, you know, the TV lights, which if you've ever been on camera before, I mean, they light the shit out of you. And uh, particularly Wendy Williams, she's in her 50s now. She has some harsh lighting on her. So it's not just a one little lamp on her. It's like, you know, lighting the gods up there, you know, so that she's looking good on camera. Those lights are probably very strong. And she was probably wrapped up in that Statue of Liberty costume like a mummy going in a tomb. I mean, she was sausaged in that thing within an inch of her life. It's possible she overheated and she got exhausted. I'm not sure. I'm on the fence. But either way, I'm so happy she's healthy, and I'm so happy she was back. She came back right after the break, which, that is a fucking boss move. Of course, there were skeptics. Not everyone believed that this wasn't a stunt. I mean, there was even another guest on Wendy's show after this all happened that was skeptical. And of course, I'm talking about the one, the only, the queen of queens, my one of my icons, Joy Behar. She went on Wendy Williams' show to promote her book, The Great Gas Bag. This was a few days later, and right when she sat down, she, of course, questioned what was going on with Wendy. You could tell in Joy's voice that she didn't believe it. I want you guys to all take a listen to what Joy had to say right when she sat down on Wendy's couch. But what happened to you? So you fainted, and then two minutes later, the commercial break, you come back, and you're fine. Well, I'm a recoverer. About that's... Uh, the show must go on. Okay. And uh... Now, I don't know about you guys, but it sounded to me like Joy didn't really end up giving a shit. She started to try to solve this mystery for us. You know, she questioned Wendy. She said, you just came back right after break, and then you're fine? And then Wendy, you know, explains, and Joy just ends it with, okay. Now, uh, another person might have questioned it further. But Joy, she doesn't care. And Wendy knows that she can get away with all of this. Both of those women have been on TV for years, and they know exactly what they're doing. And what strikes me as most interesting is that neither one of them seem to really care. <laughs> they don't, they're doing exactly what they want to do, and they give us exactly the information they want to give us, and if, if we don't like it, so what? Who cares? This is how, this is how Wendy and uh, Joy ended their conversation. Take a listen. But you know what? You know what? So what? Who cares, right, Wendy? We don't care. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. They're doing whatever they want to do, and God bless them for that. But you know what? You know what? So what? Who cares, right, Wendy? We don't care. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. When the Joy Behar interview ended, I couldn't help but wonder, am I the only one that actually cares about this whole thing? Are we, me and my listeners, are we the only one that actually give a shit about Wendy fainting on TV? Because I don't think she really cares anymore, and Joy certainly doesn't. Furthermore, when will we get a TV show starring Wendy and Joy where they go and solve mysteries? Can we reboot Murder, She Wrote and have them going around town and starting to solve mysteries and then just giving up and saying, so what, who cares? That's the kind of TV I want to see. Maybe a Cagney and Lacey. (laughs) Do you guys know what Cagney and Lacey is? Like a show like that, but it's just about Joy and Wendy trying to solve some crimes and some mysteries and true, like a true crime drama starring those two, but 
you know, they give up midway through. So each episode is like an hour long. And then at the 30 minute mark, they just sort of say, ah, you know what? So what? Who cares? And then they move on and just talk shit about people like they do on their current shows. I mean, I'd watch that. Would you guys watch that? What would we call it? Joy and Wendy? If they had that show, they could do stunts all the time. You know, now that we're talking about it and I'm getting it off my chest, I think maybe it was a stunt, what Wendy did. And if it was a stunt, bravo. We need more of it. More of our talk show hosts, more of our entertainers, our actors, actresses. They need to do more of these stunts on air to make things more interesting because we've seen it all. So as a viewing audience, we need things to look at whether they're real or not. So if you have to fake an illness, an injury, really anything to entertain us, I think is going to be a good thing. So I applaud the entertainers that do, and hopefully I'll think of something that I could do on this podcast to keep things fresh and interesting. And I I don't know what I'll resort to in the future. I mean, she's, Wendy's been on the air for years. She needs to spice things up. So maybe after, you know, I'm only 10 episodes in. So maybe after 15, 20, 25, I mean, I'm going to start stunting around. And then I'm going to come right back on the air and I'm going to say, that was not a stunt. That was not a stunt. I'll just play that clip for you. That was not a stunt. That was not a stunt. So, so now I'm going to add that to my other favorite Wendy moment. Scherzingberger. I want her saying Scherzingberger to be played at every one of my life events until I'm dead. Okay, so I mentioned I was on vacation. I was in Hawaii. And I had the greatest time. It was so relaxing. I haven't been on a vacation like that in years where it was just like a beach and a pool and nothing else to do besides read a book and look at pretty people on the beach and see the nice views and eat. I ate so much. Oh, and I read Anna Ferris's new book. It's called uh, Unqualified, which is also the name of her podcast. And I love Anna Ferris. She's so good in those scary movies. And I love her as an actress, so I was excited to read her book. And it's about relationships. That's sort of the general umbrella that this book falls under. But it's a lot of just sort of random thoughts and stuff about her life. The only thing I didn't really like is that it was a lot of, like, relationship advice. And after writing the book, of course, she announced that she was separating from Chris Pratt. And so there was like a lot of stuff that wasn't addressed. You know, she's really complimentary towards Chris Pratt in the book. He writes the foreword. And they do mention that they have since separated, but it's quick little mention and then they just get on with it. You could tell that the book was already turned in. But I just wish there was more. I wanted more, which is a good thing to leave a book. You know, I hate when I finish a book and I'm like, oh, it's fucking done with that. But, you know, this one, I was like, I need more. Give me more juice. And she, she really did give out some, some good stuff. She talks about being jealous of Jennifer Lawrence when Chris Pratt was working on Passengers with her. Uh, she talks about getting her boobs done, and she talks about working on Scary Movie and, and House Bunny. You guys, we did not deserve House Bunny. It was so good. It's so hilarious. And only Anna Faris could sell lines like that. Remember that bit where she's saying the names like, Joe Man, <laughs> you know? I can't do it, but only Anna Ferris can sell those kind of lines. I mean, come on, remember this moment? It's just this thing I do to remember people's names. Natalie. So, thank you guys so much for letting me be your house mother. No, it's no, it's no problem. <laughs> God, and having her and Emma Stone together. And now Emma Stone's a bigger star, and I just think we need justice for Anna Ferris. Hashtag justice for Anna Ferris. <laughs> God, I'm annoying with that hashtag, aren't I? Tommy, can you hear me? 
<laughs> I'm gonna be annoying with that too. Now that I have that sound effect, I'm gonna keep doing it like fucking Rosie O'Donnell did. My my hero. Anyway, back to Anna Ferris and her book. Check it out if you are looking for a light read. I also watched season two of Stranger Things. And I was in Hawaii with my boyfriend and we loved the first season of Stranger Things. When we got to the hotel, we thought we'd have access to Netflix because that's what we were told in the advertisements. Because <laughs> of course, that's what we look for in a hotel. You know, it's like, what are we going to be able to watch in the room while we're there? I'm only traveling so I could watch Netflix in a new room. But we got there and the Netflix wasn't working. And they, they were supposed to have this like Airstream thing so we can like stream from an iPad or whatever. Anyway, that wasn't working. Fortunately, my boyfriend's a techie and he had a projector thing that plugs onto the phone and it projects onto a wall. So you can download something or, or, or log into Netflix on your phone and then it'll project on a wall. And so we put a one of the sheets, a hotel sheet, over the big screen TV in the hotel room and we projected Stranger Things onto this sheet. So it gave it that really like low budget feel. like a, It looked like we were watching a VHS tape, which I think worked for Stranger Things. And I enjoyed the season. It wasn't as good to me as the first season. I hate to poo-poo on shit. <laughs> wait, I hate to... Wait, that, that didn't come out right. I hate to poo-poo on stuff. Did that... I don't know if that... Whatever. I don't know if it makes sense. But I hate to talk about what I don't like about things. But I was a little disappointed in, in season two. But overall, I liked it. I just... Again, I wanted more. Like Anna Ferris, I wanted more. And there was that one episode, episode seven. If you guys have watched it, it's... A departure from the rest of the season and I hated it. It was like painful to watch. I don't want to watch this backdoor pilot or this spin-off proposal that they're presenting to us. It reminded me of that time when Bravo tried to trick us into watching Vanderpump Rules. Remember when the first episode came on? It was like the end of The Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills and then it just segued into the spinoff, and that's what I felt like this episode 7 of Stranger Things was. They were tricking me into watching something I did not have any interest in watching. And yes, I guess that episode had some impact on the plot of the rest of the show, but I want to see all these kids together. I don't want to see them separate. I don't want to see Eleven with all those other people in the city. You know, I don't watch this for the city atmosphere. This isn't Sex in the City. I'm watching this to see this suburban group of kids deal with monsters. I'm not interested in seeing them venture off into the city and deal with other people. So it was a trick, and I did not like it. Eleven, the girl who plays Eleven, her character really bugged me this season. I didn't want to see anything with her. She was annoying me. I just wanted to see those young kids, those other kids. I like the new girl, Max, and her brother played by, her brother Billy played by I think his name's like Dacker or Dacre Montgomery. I don't know how you say his name, but he was in the Power Rangers movie that came out this year. And he's super cute. He he played an asshole, but he's very cute. And he's going to be a big star, I think. So we watched that. And I think that's like what I did in Hawaii was like binge Stranger Things. And did I see the sights? No, but I, I definitely finished all the episodes of Stranger Things. <laughs> and you guys, I got to tell you one other thing that I think might disappoint you. And I'm sorry, but... On our way back to Hawaii, we got to the airport, get to our gate, and I see one of my idols. Like an idol, someone who I love and worship and have followed his career and have been such a fan of. I see him sitting nearby when we're waiting for our plane to get in, to get to the gate. And so I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, this, he's on our flight. He's, I can't, I'm going to, I'm thinking in my head what I'm going to say to him. What I'm going to do, am I going to ask for a picture? Am I just going to tell him about how much I love him? All the shows of his that I've watched and all, uh, all his stuff. But I decide, you know what, I'm going to leave him alone. We were flying Virgin America. We get on the plane. 
and he's like diagonal from us. And so I'm just thinking in my head, like, okay, just hold off. Maybe when you get off the plane, you could say something. So the whole flight from Hawaii to Los Angeles, I'm thinking in my head of like what I'm going to say. What's the most polite way to do it? What's the most respective? Because I don't want to be like an annoying fangirl, these people. Because in LA, you see a lot of these people at the grocery store or whatever. And if it's someone really good, I'll want to, you know, talk to them or ask for a picture or whatever. But not just anyone. But this is someone who I was like a huge idol of mine. So I really, really wanted to say something and I wanted it to be respectful and everything. So we get off the plane and they had to land us at a different, pl- a different terminal. So they landed us and then we had to get off the plane and get in a bus that would take us to our final destination. So I, we deboarded the plane and got on a bus. So I'm thinking, okay, on the way from the plane to the bus is when I'll talk to him because he has nowhere to rush off to. We all have to go to this bus. And there's no rush to it because we have to wait for the whole plane to move from the plane to the bus. So I, I plan it all in my head. And you guys, I listen to his podcast. I literally, before I saw him at the airport, I had his episode of his podcast was loaded on my phone and I was getting ready to listen to it. And so when I saw him, I was like, oh my God, like I, here I am pulling up his podcast to listen to it. And he's sitting right across from me. He was wearing a black hat that said shade, which, you know, perfect. He was an all black outfit. He looked fantastic. He's very tall. He was with another tall man and he had headphones. And oh, meanwhile, the whole flight also, he was like cracking up laughing, laughing so loud that that boisterous, wonderful, full laugh. It's so infectious and lovely. And you just, so it seemed like he was in a good mood. You know, the whole plane ride, I'm thinking, okay, he's in a great mood. He's watching something funny. So when we get off the plane, it'll be fine if I go tell him how much I love him, right? So we get off the plane, we're going to the bus and he's got headphones in that he had on during the flight, but it doesn't look like he's not watching anything. And we were so close in such close quarters getting off the plane that I didn't hear any sounds coming out of his headphones. So I don't think he was listening to anything. I think maybe, you know how we do that when you want to be ignored on the train or bus or whatever. So I think he was just maybe keeping him in to be ignored. But I I really wanted to tell him like how much he's meant to me as as someone in this industry, someone that I look up to career-wise. So we're walking to the bus. I kind of like do that thing where I, I reach my hand out and sort of tap him on the hand not intrusively. I try to be very, I don't, I don't even think I fully made contact, just kind of like very gently signaling like, hi, I want to tell you how much you mean to me. He kind of looks at me and get enough of his attention that he looks over and I say, hi, I just want to let you know, like, I love you so much. I, and at this point I'm thinking, okay, maybe he'll take out his headphones and acknowledge me or maybe at least audibly say thank you or something. But unfortunately I got none of that. And I, and I kept talking you know, which at this point, I should have just walked away thinking he doesn't want to be bothered, you know, let him be. But I kept going. I was like, oh, I I was listening to your podcast on the plane. I'm like telling him I like your music and, and oh, and I'm rambling all these things. And he's not even giving me anything except for a little smirk, a little smile, but nothing audible. Didn't, didn't, didn't even really look my way. I mean, if I had been just someone who needed directions or something, I mean, it would have been alarming that he wouldn't even take out his headphones to say, you know, turn right. <laughs> like, like, so I, it was disappointing, very disappointing. And it just goes to show you that you don't want to meet these idols. You know, I'm such a pop culture junkie and these idols can just really make you fall out of love with them. And so it's almost best to just love someone. So it's a good lesson. If you see someone that you love, maybe just 
enjoy them from afar because sometimes up close, it can be disappointing. I mean, I just, all I wanted was him to sort of acknowledge me as a human. And he just, he just sort of smirked a little bit and turned the other way at me. And it's like, I don't know what I, I don't know what I was expecting. I just, I wanted to, I wanted him to just hear me. I guess I just wanted him to hear how much I love him. And and you're probably all waiting for me to say his name. And I'm not going to. This is going to be a blind item. I'm sure you can guess who it is by all these stupid little clues I've given you. I also put a picture of him on my Instagram story, like when it was happening. So you can all deduce who this is. But I'm not going to say his name because I am trying to work in this industry. And I don't want to screw that up for myself. But you can guess. And again, I still love him. I mean, I, I, my love for him still is there. I just, I was very disappointed and let down. So I wish, I wish I had a better story to report. A better vacation run-in. I mean, it would have been great, but alas, I didn't. Oh, and you guys, I'm going to talk about Housewives, but first I do have to mention one thing. Broad City. Now, do you guys watch Broad City on Comedy Central? Because if you're not, you should. It's so fucking funny. It's about these two girls, Abby and Alana, living in New York, and it's just a wonderful, brilliant comedy. And I just recently teamed up with Comedy Central to do some exclusive stuff for their Instagram account. So I posted it on mine. Uh, My first thing went up last week, and it's basically doing what I do on my Instagram account now. I'm doing some stuff for them, and they've been so great to me, and it's been, Comedy Central has just been so nice. When they reached out, it was like a dream come true, because I'm like, of course, I would love to do anything for you guys. And so the fact that they want me to make social media content for Broad City specifically, which is a show that I love, it's just been great. So please go, this is a little plug, but go find Comedy Central on Instagram, at Comedy Central. And you'll know, you'll know my stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on their, on their profile, but you'll know what's mine because it's, it's the same things you, you see on mine. So you'll be able to see what, what I did for them. And I, they credit me on there too, so... Go to them and tell them you love it, and please, so that they keep uh, letting me make stuff for them, because it's fantastic, and I need the money. (laughs) So please, please follow them at Comedy Central. Oh, and spoiler alert, the queen herself, Fran Drescher, (laughs) the queen, the nanny, the icon, Fran Drescher is going to be appearing on Broad City. So now is as good a time as any to catch up and to go on their social media and get ready for Fran Drescher's future appearance on the show, which I'm so excited for. I mean, I, when I uh, talked to Comedy Central, I had mentioned, I was like, I heard that Fran Drescher's coming on the show. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, I can't wait. <laughs> I, was, I was so, I was went on this rant about Fran Drescher because I love her so much. And I think she needs to be on TV because I miss her. Did you guys watch The Nanny? Not only that, but one of my favorite movies is a movie called Beautician and the Beast. And it's starring Fran Drescher and Timothy Dalton. Fran Drescher plays a beautician. And she falls in love with this beast, this dictator of another country, a made-up country. And she goes over to his country to teach, to teach his children. He thinks she's a teacher, but she's not really. She's a beautician. <laughs> and they fall in love. I mean, tale as old as time, right? And so Fran Drescher is brilliantly comedic, and she's beautiful in it. And it's just this wonderful light movie, and I don't know why it was a flop. If any of you watch it, please let me know, because I, I need to know if there's more of us out there. I mean, they recently did a live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast, and I'm waiting for an animated remake of Beautician and the Beast. Because where is it? Where's the justice? I think, if anything... That's what America needs right now, is Fran Drescher in an animated role, you know, as a beautician who becomes a princess. 
What else? What else do I have to catch you guys up on? Oh, I've also been playing Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey. Now this, I don't know if this is relevant to people that listen to this podcast because it doesn't exactly fit in with all the diva stuff that I like to talk about and the lady, the lady entertainment. <laughs> but if there's any nerdy gamer types out there, I've been playing Super Mario Odyssey for the Nintendo Switch and it's so fucking good. And by the way, if you haven't played Nintendo in a long time, I recommend going to pick it up. Like if you grew up on Super Nintendo or Nintendo 64 or those kind of things, and you're looking for something to de-stress you, if you're an anxious or stressed out person like I am, and you need something that is going to take your mind off life and troubles and everything, go buy a Nintendo Switch, buy a Mario game. I only play the Mario games. I mean, occasionally I'll pick up something else if it's good, but I can't play those like dark shooters or whatever because of my proximity to depression. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to start calling it. My proximity to depression prevents me from playing any of those other shooter type games. But Mario games I can play and they take my mind off of things better than anything else does. I mean, it's like Real Housewives and Mario games work. And this new one, Super Mario Odyssey, is so fun. You throw your you throw his fucking hat on things and he becomes other things. Like he just takes off his hat and throws it like Mary Tyler Moore. And then he turns into other things. And it's so joyous and fun and colorful. And it's great. So, yeah, maybe a lot of you guys don't play video games. But you might want to pick one up. If you're looking for an escape, I recommend it. <sighs> wow. Now that I've rambled on about 100 things. But you know what? You know what? So what? Who cares? And you guys are probably just tuning in to hear me talk about Real Housewives and Bravo and all that kind of stuff. So I thank you for humoring me. I know you guys want to hear me talk about the housewives, and boy, have we had a week. Okay, we're in one of those great periods of time where we have Atlanta, Orange County, and Dallas, and pretty soon we're going to have Vanderpump Rules coming back. I mean, we have all of these things uh, happening all at once, and it's such an exciting time. I mean, it's electricity in the air. Talk about the holiday season. This This is our Bravo Lovers holiday season. I mean, we are inundated with great content. And I know Twitter and the interwebs are all abuzz about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. With good reason. I mean, they are fantastic. It's so nice to have them back. I mean, Nene's back this season. Kim's coming back soon. Atlanta never fails to deliver. Although I do miss Phaedra. I know that's... I shouldn't miss Phaedra. She did some really awful things that I can't really remember now. But she did some very awful things. And I know at the end of last season, I was like, you know what? Good. Goodbye for it, Phaedra. Nice knowing you. But now time has passed, and I, I wanted Phaedra there. But the other ladies did not disappoint. I mean, Sheree's confessional look is worth the price of admission. Uh, we're calling it Sia by Sheree. I mean, she had that Sia wig on, or, or, you know, Atomic Blonde. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I don't know why they cast Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde when they could have cast Sheree. Obviously, they didn't see this look yet when they were casting, but it was fantastic. Her other interview look, too, with that, that bun on her head was pretty great. I mean, I I enjoyed it. Nini's doing a little bit much. I mentioned this on Twitter, and some people wrote in. They were saying Nini's basically a gif maker. You know, like she's doing all of these big reactions and everything in order to make herself a gif. And it totally feels like that, right? Like, it doesn't feel like these are natural things. She just seems like she's, you know, doing wide eyes and... I mentioned that she's doing, like, Disney Channel original series acting, right? It's, like, so big, what they tell them and what they tell kid actors to go, like, really big. And it's, like, that's what Nini's doing in every scene. 
And it's nice when it's once in a while, but when it's like extended, when it's three scenes in a row of Nini acting like that, it can be a little jarring. And I love Nini, but it's it's a little bit much. So maybe it was just the premiere. I know they were reintroducing her to the cast and to this franchise and everything because she took a couple seasons away. But it was a lot. And Kenya's husband situation, I mean, I'm excited to hear more about that, see what's going on. Is she really married? Apparently she is married, but what's the status of it? And are we going to meet this man? What is he like? It didn't really make any sense when she was talking to her dad and she's like, you know, I just got married because... I didn't want anyone to scare him away or whatever. And it's like, these are weird reasons why you didn't invite anyone to your wedding. So I don't know. But everyone's talking about Atlanta. With good reason, because Atlanta always delivers. And last season was so explosive, we had that four-part reunion. But it's not the most explosive thing on Bravo. And it's not even the most explosive thing on Bravo set in Atlanta. I'm talking about a show called Married to Medicine. That is the most explosive franchise, the most explosive reality series set in Atlanta on Bravo. It is so good, you guys. Are you watching Married to Medicine? Because if you're not, you need to write that wrong right now. Married to Medicine premiered after the Candy spinoff Escape show. Okay, so it was Real House of Atlanta. Then they had that show about Candy's group Escape. And then Married to Medicine. So Married to Medicine was sort of the last one on the totem pole. And it shouldn't have been because the premiere was so good. Married to Medicine is about all these doctors and doctors' wives. And it's very similar to Real Houses of Atlanta, only they're all within the medical community. So it's either doctors or doctors' wives. But otherwise, the personalities are similar. And I'm not saying that because of their race. I'm saying that because of their beautiful language and their exuberance. And I mean, you could fit any of these women on the Houses of Atlanta. And in fact, a lot of them have appeared on Atlanta. I mean, I think it was Quad and Toya were both in the Atlanta premiere. They were at Cynthia's 50th birthday party. Which, you guys, by the way, Cynthia's one of those people that is celebrating their birthday all year, which that's insufferable. You get one day for your birthday. You do not get a weekend, you do not get a week, and you certainly do not get a whole year or two seasons worth of TV. I mean, we celebrated Cynthia's 50th birthday last season on TV. So now she's having a whole nother season of her birthday. I mean, this, this, is, this is extreme. She's doing two seasons worth of celebrations. Although I do, did love her birthday party theme, which was Fifty Shades of Cynthia, which is an iconic Housewives theme party. I mean, we haven't seen it. It's brilliant. I mean, bravo, Cynthia, for coming up with that. Or whatever PA came up with that, bravo. So anyway, back to Married to Medicine. So these women are all wonderfully dynamic personalities. They could all carry a spinoff. They have what Atlanta had in early seasons. So Atlanta, which is such a great franchise and and television show, but Atlanta got big for their britches. All of the Atlanta housewives became breakout stars. Nene Leakes, Kim Zolciak, I mean, even Sheree... You know, all these people, they came tabloid fodder. They started doing other things in the entertainment industry. Candy, of course, is Grammy-winning and beautiful songwriter. She wrote No Scrubs. You know, so all of these Atlanta personalities are these larger-than-life, very successful in other areas. And when Atlanta took off, all of these personalities took off even more. But Married to Medicine never really took off. It's always been sort of a steady performer, but it's not like a huge show. So... The, the stars of Married to Medicine are not going to be recognized by a million people at the airport. Like Nene Leakes, if she goes to the airport, everyone's going to recognize her. I mean, people that don't even watch Atlanta know who Nene Leakes is. 
but no one knows who, you know, Toya from Mary to Medicine is outside of the people that watch. So Mary to Medicine has been able to maintain. It still feels relatable. It feels relatable to those of us who aren't on TV and aren't in the entertainment industry. It's got a relatability that Atlanta doesn't have anymore. Again, and I love Atlanta, but Married to Medicine still has a little bit of a low-budget thing going on. And so all of these personalities, it's more about the dramatics of everyday life. I mean, they're working, granted, they're working in, in the medical field, but they're not working in these unrelatable fields. Does that make sense? I, I don't know if I'm making enough sense, but it's it's a little bit more low-budget. And they're still dealing with things that everyday people deal with. I mean, in Atlanta, sometimes it's like, the drama in the Atlanta premiere was about Portia and Nini in an argument because Nini said that Portia should get fired from the show when she was on Watch What Happens Live. So it's like that kind of drama is not going to infiltrate its way into Married to Medicine. And Married to Medicine, what is so great is that it's got a small town feel. And you guys, this premiere episode opened with such a dramatic moment. The first image we see is of Dr. Jackie's room. It's 6 a.m., not even 6 a.m. It's still dark outside. So the camera crew was let into her house. They were in her bedroom, which Atlanta would never let them film at that time. I mean, obviously, there was a crew in Dr. Jackie's room, still dark outside. They show her getting up, and they introduce what seemed to be a season-long arc about Dr. Jackie's marriage. Now, in the hiatus, Dr. Jackie's husband, Curtis, cheated on her. He was photographed with someone else, with another girl, and admitted, apparently, to uh, cheating on Dr. Jackie. And all this time, if you've watched the show for all these seasons, we've all looked up to Dr. Jackie. She's someone who's very hardworking. She always has sort of put work and business in front of her marriage, and she's been very honest about that. And she's gone through breast cancer, and she doesn't have any kids, and, and she's shown us that he wanted kids at one point, and she didn't. And she always put work first. And she's been very, like I said, upfront about it. She said, look, Curtis, this is my journey. This is what I want to do in life. I want to dedicate my life to not only helping people in her field, but then also becoming an advocate for cancer because she survived, I believe it was breast cancer. So she's always been the voice of reason on the show. She's been seemingly the most hardworking, although they are all pretty hardworking. But she was always that the seemingly most sane one out of everyone. And then here here comes this bombshell that Curtis cheated on her, which was just devastating. As an audience, it's devastating. Also to see someone, Dr. Jackie, who doesn't deserve this. She's been through so much already, and it's like, ah, oh, I don't wanna I don't want Dr. Jackie to hurt. I mean, she seems like such a nice, wonderful person. And here she is hurting and it's so sad. But it sets up this great storyline amongst the rest of the cast. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to 
re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. And it's really great, you guys, because it shows how much the rest of the cast is narcissistic. Because literally after they show this news, they cut to everyone else and everyone else is in their individual scenes with their husbands. And each one of them makes it about themselves. So like Dr. Jackie's husband cheated. They cut to each other person who's talking to their husband and they're like, would you ever cheat on me? Like (laughs) every single one of them is like, I won't deal with cheating. Are you going to cheat on me? They're all concerned now. This opened up the floodgates and now they're all worried about their husbands. And they're all telling us what they're going to do if the other one cheats. I mean, Dr. Heavenly, who's a great, I mean, that's her name, Dr. Heavenly. She's a great television character. And she really just lays it all out on on the floor there. She says, I felt like it happened to me. Why do I feel like it happened to me? That's an exact quote. She said, why do I feel like it happened to me? And it's like, because you're narcissistic. (laughs) That's why you feel like it happened to you. Instead of worrying so much about Dr. Jackie, she's just in her a scene with her husband. She's like, I felt like it, this happened to me. And it's like subconsciously, I think she knows that all, all these women, not just her, all these women know that they have to make it about themselves. I mean, some way on all these reality shows, something happens to another cast member. And it's like they have to find a way to turn around on them or they're going to lose their jobs. And they need to garner sympathy from the audience. They need to have screen time. So they, these women are pros. They all found a way to make it about themselves. And Dr. Heavenly, too, she also said, she was talking to her husband, who she calls Daddy. She calls her husband Daddy. She said, if he ever cheats, uh, and this is a quote about the other woman he would, you know, theoretically cheat with. She said, you're going to find that bitch in a ditch. <laughs> she, said, she said, you're going to find that bitch in a ditch. I mean, that is some Dr. Seuss language. I mean, who writes that? No one could write such a beautiful line that rhymes and that has such a punch to it. It's beautiful. So I'm so excited for Dr. Heavenly's new children's book, Gonna Find That Bitch in a Ditch. (laughs) I cannot wait to read it to my kids. I'm assuming that she'll come out with this because Housewives, as soon as they get a catchphrase, I mean, Housewives, reality TV people, it's like as soon as they 
latch on to some catchphrase or something, then they profit off of it. Dorinda has like a line of plates that say clip. Remember Dorinda on the New York Housewives? She said clip, clip, clip at Sonia. And it like didn't make any sense. It was like, what does clip mean? It didn't really uh, seem to mean anything. And she's making merch out of it. So Dr. Heavenly is surely going to capitalize on this uh, find your bitch in a ditch merch, right? Like I'm praying that it happens. I want a coffee mug. I want a children's book with a song tie-in. I want throw pillows that say bitch in a ditch. I mean, I want a full, I want a full blog, like a, a lifestyle blog, called just bitchinaditch.com. I mean, I'd like a, a monopoly board that is bitch in a ditch themed. <laughs> a Nintendo cart racer that's just the married to medicine girls. And Dr. Heavenly's cart just says bitch in a ditch on the back on the license plate. I mean, I want it all. I want it all. Like Ashley Tisdale said in the High School Musical, I want it all. You know, so glad to see Dr. Heavenly back. And it was so nice of Dr. Heavenly to throw a party for Dr. Jackie on this episode. I mean, she does eventually start to put it on Dr. Jackie and start to sympathize with Dr. Jackie about her husband's cheating. And she does what any other good friend would do. You know, like if you're listening to this, think about your best friend. You know, let's say they're married or they're in a relationship and their significant other cheats. And as their best friend, there's only one thing that you can do. And Dr. Heavenly did this thing. And it was so nice to see. I mean, it was just so relatable. And, you know, I I really watched and I thought, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I would do. And what I'm referring to is the waiting to exhale party that Dr. Heavenly threw Dr. Jackie. (laughs) Oh, right. I mean, this is exactly what a good friend does. It's like, let's get all the girls together and let's throw a waiting to exhale party. And so what she did is she gathered all the girls to a hotel. She hired some male models. She was very clear to point out that they weren't strippers. They were male models. And they were these beautiful men. She made them take their tops off, which is wonderful. And that's exactly what I would like to do this Friday night. If anyone's having a waiting to exhale party, please invite me. (laughs) Even if you don't know me, I'd like to come. I mean, these hot men just took off their tops and they were serving the women their wine. They were giving them foot massages. And when Dr. Jackie arrived, one of the shirtless guys picked her up and carried her over to the other shirtless guys where they were waiting with a giant bowl of french fries. And they just served her french fries while she was ogled and massaged by these hot shirtless men. I mean, is there a better thing in the world that you could think of? I mean, I would like my significant other cheat on me so that somebody can throw me a waiting to exhale party so that I could get carried in by hot shirtless guys and be served french fries in the comfort of a hotel room. I mean, I can't think of anything better than that. It's almost worth the cheating. And of course, she started to eat some french fries and cried, which is something that I've done multiple times after I've eaten french fries. Who hasn't cried after eating a french fry? Of course, she was doing it because she was thinking about her failed marriage, but I often cry after some french fries. You feel guilty, and and she's very fit. I don't know what that has to do with it. But God bless that scene. God bless that scene. This show, I hope I'm selling it to you guys if you don't watch it, because it's worth DVRing, it's worth buying on iTunes, catching up, because it is so good, and every season delivers. This season, Lisa Nicole is no longer a cast member. It doesn't appear like she's going to... It doesn't seem like she's going to appear in any of the future episodes either. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Oh, and I didn't even mention the music on this show. Because, you know, on The Housewives, they have that instrumental interludes in between scenes. Well, on Married to Medicine, you get actual songs. They're not top 40 songs, but they're all fantastic. 
The music on Married to Medicine is so good. That theme song is so good. Now Paige and Dr. Jackie. Dr. Cole. <laughs> not, not Dr. Cole, but, you know, that's how the song goes. It's like, now Paige and Dr. Jackie. Simone. Heavenly. And it's so soothing. I mean, it's like sort of sexy. Do you guys know that theme song, right? It's like sort of, I can't sing, but it's sort of sexy. It's got a real good beat. I mean, it should be in top 40. It should be on the Billboard charts. I don't know why it's not charted. Somehow we need to start a movement and get it charted on the Billboard Hot 100 because it is so good. And the music in between scenes is also so fantastic because it's, it's real music versus that instrumental stuff some of these other shows play. So please watch Married to Medicine. You won't regret it. It's good. It's good. <sighs> wow. And I know I've been critical of the Real Houses of Orange County, but this week was good. Granted, we've had like three good episodes throughout this entire season, maybe only two and a half. Okay, but this episode was pretty good. It was like a four out of five. So, you know, that's not a good ratio. And at the end of the episode, they said, you know, next week on the finale. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're already at the finale. Like, they haven't really given us much of anything. We've had two and a half good episodes, and now we're already at the finale. But you know what? I stuck through it. We all made it through the season. Sure, I threatened to give up a few times, but then Vicky sent me that video message that I paid $40 for, and I was back on board. And I'm, I'm glad that I was back on board. They were still in Iceland, and they had a lot of drama at a medieval times. Of course, as we left them last week, Peggy was on the outs with everyone else. Apparently, she got mad when they were laughing at her in the middle of the night, and Tamara peed her pants. Tamara peeing her pants caused a ripple effect throughout the city of Orange County and throughout these ladies' lives uh, in Iceland. So they had this falling out in the middle of the night. It was a little unclear exactly what was going on Last week, we got some sort of low-budget footage of all the girls in one of the hotel rooms in the middle of the night. Of course, this is Iceland, so everything's bright all the time. We have no sense of time. I mean, trying to wrap our heads around what time of day each scene is taking place. I mean, that's a fool's errand. It's impossible to tell when and where Tamara Peter pants. Okay, I'm not entirely sure that they were in Iceland, uh, and that wasn't just a medieval times in Reseda, California. Do we know that it was really Iceland? I mean, I'm not really sure. And then what time of day? Completely unclear. But as we know, last week, there was some sort of fight that happened seemingly in the middle of the night. Again, we're not sure, but it seemed like it was maybe the end of the middle of the night because we didn't have a full camera crew on them. It was a skeleton crew filming them. There was a lot of alcohol involved and we weren't seeing it in real time. I mean, they were doing a lot of those flashback to scenes. So it was like there was this big explosive fight that was happening between a lot of different ladies. You know, at one point it looked like it was between Kelly and Peggy, and then at one point between Tamara and Peggy, and then of course there was that reconciliation between Vicky and Tamara and them yelling at each other. So the whole thing was a little unclear, and it must have been hell to edit together into a cohesive episode, and they didn't completely succeed. They did their best, and I applaud them for that, but it was still very unclear. So there's a fight that happened the next day, of course, Peggy was not to be found. She locked herself in the room. None of the girls heard from her. They were trying to to get in touch with her. She was ignoring them. And then at one point they went to her room and she said, no, get away. I want to be left alone. So then what I think was another day, another night had passed. I think this is all, you know, me trying to puzzle this, these pieces together. So it appeared another night went by and the girls had a plan to go to medieval times for dinner the next day. And again, this wasn't necessarily medieval times, but it looked like it. And I don't remember the name of it, but there was this like big Icelandic choir that performed for them. 
And it was unclear whether or not there were other people at this restaurant slash performance arts place. I don't know. It was like a dinner theater show. And you guys, I worked at dinner theater. I did a show called Tony and Tina's Wedding in Chicago. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> It was so fun, but it was dinner theater. So it was like e people were eating while you're performing and it's a mess. You either should be doing a performance or you should be eating. I don't know that you should mix the two. And this was another situation where it was like these people were putting on big shows. I mean, these were people struggling to be actors and musicians. And yet here they were pre performing for the Real Houses of Orange County on their vacation, you know, while Shannon was ordering potatoes. You know, there was a waitress coming by as they were singing their songs and these Icelandic performers were fake fighting while our girls were also fake fighting. <sighs> you guys, it was confusing. But point is, <laughs> let me try to make this clear. I feel like this is very unclear. Okay, so the girls go to dinner. Peggy and Lydia do not arrive to dinner with everyone else. Lydia goes to Peggy's room and she said, what's the deal? And Peggy's like, I'm not going to dinner. Which, by the way, yes, you are. You're under contract. She pulls out a cell phone and she says... As if she's going to present receipts to Lydia. Lydia's like, come on, let's go to dinner. And Peggy's like, I'm not going. So they sit down. And again, we're thinking that Peggy's going to pull out some receipts on these other girls. And she's going to say, oh, I have this footage of, of Tamara and Megan and Shannon and Kelly doing this, this, and this. And we think we're going to see something very scandalous and bad. So Peggy then pulls out her cell phone footage. And it's, it's just some footage of a wall. And where you hear a baby crying in the background. And... You know, the baby's not crying like, the baby's not crying bloody murder. The baby's just crying like a baby does. And it's, it seems fine. And the video is just, the actual video of it's just a wall. And then Peggy's sort of goes on to say, alludes to the fact that Megan's not taking care of the baby and that no one was with the baby. And then says something about all the other girls laughing at her. And Lydia, I mean, Lydia, who I fucking hate, <laughs> hates a strong word, but Lydia, who I dislike watching. She is looking at Peggy like, what is going on with this chick? Like, Lydia's doing that. I mean, all of a sudden I'm finding Lydia a voice of reason, which is insane. So Lydia basically tells Peggy, like, what are you talking about? Why are you recording them with your phone? And then if you are going to record them, it better be something good. I mean, I feel like Peggy thought she had some real damning footage of them or something, and it was nothing. It was nothing. So somehow or another, Lydia convinces Peggy to go to dinner, or Peggy decides to go meet the other girls at this medieval times. And they get there, and right when they sit down, it's very awkward. Kelly goes to try to apologize to Peggy, and Peggy's not having it. She's not interested. And right away, she goes on bringing out her phone, and they all think she's texting someone or something else. And then finally, they catch on that Peggy's pulling out her phone to release some sort of receipts, or what, what appears to be receipts. And like Lydia and like the rest of us, she goes on to say what she has, and we're all just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she alludes to the fact that Megan's a bad mother. I mean, she doesn't say those words exactly, but she says, like, your baby was crying, and you left your baby crying, and no one was there, blah, blah, blah. And so, of course, Megan goes, just completely breaks down, starts crying. But here's my problem with Megan, okay? This is why Megan's not a good housewife. Because Megan reacts like a normal human would. Like someone who's a normal human, she, her feelings get hurt, so she shuts down, and she cries, and just kind of keeps to herself. And she, she's at a loss for words. She doesn't know what to say. But in a housewife, that's the moment where you shine. I mean, that's the moment where Megan, she had the upper hand. She could have went at Peggy. I mean, she could have just railed into her and yelled and screamed and come with some great one-liners, some great comebacks. If, could you imagine if that would have happened with NeNe Leakes or even Tamara in her heyday 
or Leanne Locken or one of these other great housewives. I mean, they would have never responded like that. Or Bethany, Ramona. They wouldn't have just sat there and taken it and cried a little bit in the corner. I mean, they would have went after Peggy. And the fact that Megan just sort of took it when she had this wonderful, brilliant, great opportunity to really let loose on Peggy and she didn't take it. And that's upsetting to me. And that's the number one reason why Megan has to go. And I like Megan. She seems like a nice girl, but she's not made for this show, right? Like she's just, she's too normal. And immediately when Peggy started to say, your baby was crying, I mean, you could see it on all the girls' faces, even Vicky. Vicky became, you know, the moral compass. All of a sudden on her, in her face, she, looked, she realized this was not a moment she needed to be involved in. She'd just gotten good graces with Shannon and Tamara. She needed to head out. So she immediately went to the bus, and no one even noticed. Tamara started to show little signs that she was the old Tamara that we know and love. You know, she started to get that angry Tamara voice, which I, I love. And they even flash back to when she yelled at Alexis at her opening of her gym, Flop Fitness. Oh, and I miss that Tamara. I want it back. I want her back. And the fight sort of ended anticlimactically. Is that a word? Anticlimactically. It, we all wanted more. It seemed like there was so much that could have happened. And some of the girls were grasping for something. You know, Shannon and Tamara, they were kind of, they were pulling on some interesting stuff and trying to spark some some fires. But ultimately, it didn't go anywhere. We needed Megan. We needed Kelly to really get in there. And Kelly, in her defense, Kelly always gets in there. She always puts up a good fight, gives some good one-liners, some good insults. But she seemed tired. As she mentioned, she was taking her anger management classes, so she knew she needed to get out of there. That's what she learned in anger management, so she's growing. But I don't want her to grow too much. I don't want her to grow as much as Tamara has grown. Because if we lose Kelly, then we, have, we really have nothing. And so Kelly showed, <clears throat> excuse me, Kelly showed signs that she's growing, and I don't like it. I want Kelly to always act how she's always been. And I want these girls to mix it up, to spice it up. I mean, the producers were really doing everything they could. They brought these girls to Iceland, which is a completely isolated place. And last season, we all complained because the big trip blowout in Ireland happened on that night bus. You know, they were headed to the airport in the middle of the night, and it was all dark, and we couldn't really see much of anything that was happening. It was, it was that blurry cell phone footage of Heather, Shannon, Kelly, Tamara, and Vicky in the bus. And producers knew we were all so upset about that. We wanted better lighting in our trip. And so the, the producers made them go to Iceland, which is a great solution for that. I mean, it was sunny all the time. So they really did their best to make sure that we had good footage. And even that nighttime footage of them when Peggy really got upset when they were in that hotel room and they were drunk, even that was better lit than the Ireland trip fight. Producers were really doing what they could. They tried to have cameras on them all the time. You know, they could only do so much. And Peggy just doesn't have a lot to offer. She was like literally making me uncomfortable. When I was watching her present her receipts, I was feeling like secondhand embarrassment for her because it was like she had nothing and she was just digging herself in a hole and it wasn't a fun hole to watch. It was, it was no fun. And her eyes, she always looks like she's half asleep. I mean, you know how they, they always pull out those Ramona eyes on Watch What Happens Live because Ramona has those big expressive eyes and it's like, I feel like Bravo likes to sort of laugh at her big expressive eyes. And Peggy has the exact opposite eyes where they always look like they're half closed. And it's like, can you even see us? If I was having a conversation with Peggy, I wouldn't even know if she was interested because it looked like she's half asleep. Who knows? Maybe she doesn't even know when the cameras are on her. Maybe she has no idea the cameras are there and that's why she's not giving us anything. And what is she even doing on this show? Why is she on this show? She doesn't seem to understand the rules of this game. And she doesn't have anything she's plugging or promoting. And I mean, you don't just end, on, end up on the show willy-nilly. I mean, 
you have to audition, you have to know someone. She didn't have any strong connections to the cast. If you remember, she was brought in by Lydia after they filmed her and Deco for their magazine. That stupid fucking nobleman magazine. So she had no strong ties to the cast. So she had to audition. Producers or whoever had to audition her. And there had to have been multiple meetings. I mean, The Real Houses of Orange County is their first franchise. It's this huge franchise. It's their first, um, it's their flagship program. You know, they're not just casting anyone on this. They have to go through audition after audition after audition. So it's, Peggy had to go through all that. And it's like, why did, what did they A, see in her? And B, why did, what did she see in the show? I mean, why did she want to do it? She is not promoting a single thing. I haven't seen one pink dog food line, nothing. So what is she there for? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I hope Peggy, this better be Peggy's last season. I mean, it has to be, right? No one, I don't know anyone that's like an, a Peggy apologist. It seems like everyone's not really into her. So I hope, I hope she goes the way as, uh, the way of many other housewives. And, and honestly, I hope Heather comes back. I said it before and I'll say it again. I didn't like Heather before, but now I want her to come back. I want to see that fucking house of theirs that they built off the botch money. I want to see it. And you guys, I got a little inside scoop. So I can't tell you who told me this, but I, after that one, I put out a podcast weeks ago where I was talking about recasting Orange County and someone reached out, a very reputable person on this topic. I mean, someone that knows or works with or in that field told me off the record that Tamara and Shannon are the highest tested housewives. Tamara and Shannon test the best, meaning audiences like those two the best, which was surprising to me because I understand Shannon. I mean, even if you hate Shannon, she gives a lot of story to the show. And she is very relatable. She, you know, Even with her weight struggles and her marriage struggles, even though it's so dark, I think it is sort of relatable. Not sort of, it is really relatable. But Tamara, I was surprised that she tests so well because I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't expect it. I don't really love Tamara, but no, I was surprised. I was surprised Tamara tested so well. And then also Kelly, apparently they're very happy with Kelly, which makes sense. I think Kelly, out of everyone this season, has come out of it having the best season. She gave us some drama. She was very funny. She was still lighthearted enough. I mean, she gave us some fun little jokes, some quips. She's a little unhinged, which is great for this kind of thing. So I was surprised. So apparently, this is what I heard. Apparently those three are safe. And again, this could all change. This I was told this like a couple weeks ago. I think it was right before they filmed the reunion. So I heard those three are safe. And then Peggy, Megan, and um, the fucking Charlie Chaplin girl, um, Lydia, apparently they're gone. And then they're still deciding what they want to do with Vicky. The reason I heard all this was because I, I was tweeting about who I wanted to see go and who I wanted to see say, and I recommended that Brianna comes on as a main housewife because I never wondered why Brianna wasn't. She's likable, she's level-headed, and she would be a good bridge between Vicky and the other women because, especially at the beginning of this season, no one was liking Vicky, and it's like, the solution to that would be Brianna because if Brianna was a full-time housewife, she could bridge the gap because she has to have a relationship with Vicky, but we also know that she has some past with Shannon, or with uh, Tamara. So it would have been a good bridge. But apparently this source also told me that they've approached Brianna about being a, a main housewife instead of a friend of, which is what she's considered now. And apparently Brianna is not interested. So that's why you're, we're not seeing Brianna as a full-time housewife. But I thought it would be great to have Brianna as a full-time housewife. And then I would have brought, remember Gina Keo's daughter, Kara? Kara, Kara? I would have brought her on because her and Brianna were really close friends when they were younger. So those two, it could have been like a whole new set of housewives with the daughters. And I want them to do that eventually. 
I don't know if it should be a spinoff or the main the main housewives, but I thought it would have been cool because Kara, 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 she was a little unhinged too, if if I recall correctly. And then it gives us an excuse to see Shane, her brother, her hot brother. Remember, he was a monster, but he was hot. <laughs> that's that's problematic. That I'm still interested in seeing him, even though he was such a monster. But that's neither here nor there. But anyway, I would have liked to see Kara and Brianna on the show. And I mean, if they want to do an all-daughters version, we could get Lynn Curtin's daughters on there. I mean, remember those two? I think they ended up doing porn or something. But Lynn Curtin's daughters would be great for this show. I mean, it'd be great for this franchise in particular and for this show. So you could have all the daughters. You could have Brianna. You could have Kara, Kara. And then you could have those twins. It'd be like Muppet Babies, but with housewives. Although, at, at the same time, I think that takes a little bit away from this show because the idea of the show and what I love about this show is that it's women of a certain age interacting with each other and their drama. And so if you go too young, then it does ruin that allure of the show. I mean, because I do want to see these women 50 plus, 40, 50 plus, preferably 50 plus. I mean, that's, what, that's the ideal age of a housewife right? Like 50 to 60. I wouldn't mind getting some much older women on these shows. I mean, I don't know what the expiration date is for the women on these shows, but I would like to see them go even older than they're at. I don't know who the oldest housewife is. On Orange County, it's certainly Vicky, right? But I'd like them to go older. So I don't know what they're going to do next season. If they keep Vicky, I don't know, from what I've read and seen in the blogs and stuff, they're back on the outs with Vicky. So I don't know how they keep her around. It'll be interesting. But so this was a good week. Again, not a great week in a terrible season. I mean, just a terrible season. But we're nearing the end. I'm hoping that the reunion's good. I mean, they have nothing to lose at this point. I'm sure they're going to come guns blazing at the reunion. So that's exciting. You know, we also had the uh, the Dallas reunion this week. Part one of the Dallas reunion. It was so good. Oh my God. <sighs> I'm going to miss the Real Houses of Dallas so much. This was part one of a two-part reunion. We normally get a three-part reunion, but I'm glad that they're condensing it into two parts and they're not dragging it out. I thought the first part was fantastic. It was loaded with amazing content. Leanne gave a star-making performance. I mean, if you weren't already convinced that Leanne is in the highest region, or what am I, what am I trying to say, in the the pantheon of great housewives. If this, if you weren't convinced before, then this episode would have convinced you. I mean, she not only owned up to everything, which that's a famous housewife phrase, is they say, I'm owning it. I'm owning it. Or if they're not owning it, they they yell at the others to own it. I mean, that's all they really want. I mean, they'll say anything and they'll take anything as long as the other person says that they own it. So Leanne threatens everyone's life and then she... But then she owns it. And I don't know how you can not like Leanne. I mean, as another housewife, I can, I can see that. But as a viewer, I don't know how you can not like her. She just gives such great TV. And she does it in a way... Hmm, how do I put this? There's been other housewives in the past and other franchises. I'm thinking of people like Aviva Drescher. Now, Aviva Drescher, <laughs> Aviva Drescher from The Real Houses of New York, she put on a show... She threw her fake leg, and she, you could. She felt like she was putting on a show for us, which was great. I mean, she gave us some that great iconic finale on the New York Housewives, where she throws her fake leg, and that was a great episode. That was fantastic TV, but there was no real coming back from it, right? Because 
It felt like that was the pinnacle of her putting on a show for us. It didn't feel real anymore. It felt like we could see through it. We could see her trying to script this moment. Leanne gives us all that insanity, but she gives it to us in a digestible way that is real, where we feel like, okay, she's really feeling this way. She's really, she she might say she's going to kill someone with her bare hands. (laughs) She might say that and we believe it and it doesn't feel scripted. And then as long as she owns it, we're okay with her coming back from it. And that's a beautiful thing. So on the reunion, the left side of the couch, the left couch was Leanne, Deandra, and Cameron. Now, Cameron, I have fallen for, you guys. I know, I know that's not a popular theory. I know that many people do not like her. But you guys, I like her. I like Cameron now. And she's grown on me. At the beginning of the season, I was not into her. I found her uh, tough to watch, very obnoxious. And by the end of the season, you guys, I'm on board. I'm ordering pink dog food for a dog that I don't have. (laughs) She admitted to Andy that the first batch of dog food, which was all pink, caused the dogs to have pink poop. She she caught to it. And she said, you know what? We replaced it with brown dog food with just heart red, heart pink kibbles mixed in. So really, you're buying brown dog food with a couple little pink things sprinkled in. And you know what? She owned it. She owned it. Andy asked her point blank, is this not all pink dog food? And she said, yeah, it was, but it caused the dogs to poop pink. So I changed it. I respect that. And you know, the pink thing, it's very uh, legally blonde, Elle Woods. And at first I thought it felt too scripted, but now I think she just likes the color pink. And you guys, I like Cameron. I do. And it feels so good to say it out loud and to just let it off my chest. And I feel free. I feel... This is like the first time when I came out to my parents. This is how it feels. Like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders because for so long I felt like I I wasn't supposed to like Cameron. But I do. And now I want to shout it from the rooftops. You know, it gets better. (laughs) It got better. It got better for me the moments ago when I announced that I love Cameron. I'm standing Cameron. So that's the left couch. And the right couch is, of course, Brandy and Carrie and Stephanie. I don't dislike those girls. I dislike Carrie. I don't like Carrie, but I also I also know that I dislike her in a way that's we need her for the show. I might dislike her, but I want her on the show. I don't want to get rid of her. And I feel the same way about Brandy and Stephanie, but I feel like one of those three has to cave in and start to find some common ground with Leanne. Brandy did it at the beginning of this past season. And apparently she's at the end of a rope. You know, she's not interested in seemingly becoming friends with Leanne anymore or being friends with Leanne anymore. So one of the other two girls is going to have to step it up. I don't care. You know, Carrie might not want to because Leanne said her husband gets his dick sucked at the roundup. You know what? I don't care. We need to find some common ground here or else her spots can be gone for next season. Because if we're going to keep one of these girls around, or whether it's going to, is it going to be Carrie or Leanne? We're going to keep Leanne. So Carrie needs to get on board. Or Stephanie. Now Stephanie seems so sweet and I love her relationship with Brandy. But she's going to have to maybe find common ground with Leanne. And that means she can't laugh every time Leanne gets a flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> because that was my favorite part of the reunion, when Cameron brought up Leanne's flesh-eating bacteria. And Cameron said to Stephanie, she said, you laughed at Leanne's flesh-eating bacteria. And then they flash back to a confessional when <laughs> Stephanie laughs at Leanne's flesh-eating bacteria. And it's just the best exchange because here are these grown women arguing about a flesh-eating bacteria and how they reacted about it. And, okay, so I got the clip 
I got, I got the audio of the clip because I just want to play it because it's so good and we can't we can't let it get past us. Did you think a flesh eating bacteria was funny? No, no actually, I did not. And that's why you said that, you didn't even care that I got a flesh eating bacteria. It's a flesh eating bacteria. <gasps> no, Leanne, a flesh eating bacteria. Whatever, I don't care. You said, I don't care, Leanne has a flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah, it's, I, whenever I watched that, I was mortified. I should not have said that. If that is not perfect television, I don't know what is. I mean, what more do the Real Houses of Dallas have to do for all of us to watch? Next season, I'm hoping everyone gets on board, and if they aren't relegated to the 10 p.m. time slot after Real Houses of Orange County, I mean, they should be the 8 o'clock, the 9 o'clock hour. They should be leading the night. Because they are, they are so good. I want the entire cast to return. I don't want any changes. Maybe an addition would be okay. But I want everyone to come back on board. I think Cameron and Deandra are going to have fantastic second seasons. I think they really got comfortable in their positions towards the end of this season. And next season is just going to be fantastic. The only thing we need Stephanie, Brandy, and Carrie to at least get on board enough with Leanne that they could film together. You know, I don't want them to stay away from her completely. I don't want them to necessarily all be friends, but I want them to be able to film together. I want one of those three to get on board with Leanne. And if not, then they're going to have to get really close with Cameron or Deandra to bridge that gap. So if you aren't watching Dallas, please catch up. Just start with the reunion. The reunion will tell you everything you need to know about the season. There's so much going on, but they flash back to it. Oh, and you guys, I love that moment when Andy asks. Brandy about um, the black dildo <laughs> because the de- the black dildo became a storyline. And uh, okay, if you don't watch Dallas, think about it. What other housewife franchise is there a black dildo that's a storyline? I mean, it's fantastic TV. So anyway, Andy asks about asks Brandy about the black dil- dildo, and she said, "Out of respect for Cameron, I didn't bring it to the reunion." <laughs> and she's serious. It's not. This isn't a joke. She like is dead serious when she says, "Out of respect for Cameron." I didn't bring the black dildo. I mean, this is comedy gold. This is the funniest Housewife franchise on TV. It's miles above anything else that's airing right now. I can't wait for part two of the reunion. And you guys, you need to watch it. Get on the right side of history. Look, I know I didn't get into New Jersey this week. (sighs) There's so many Housewives. There's four franchises on right now. Plus a Married to Medicine. It's a lot on my plate. And I've been working like a dog lately. I have lots... Lots of exciting stuff going on, but I, you know, it's hard to cover all these shows. I mean, I am covering them, but I am watching all of them. But I don't want to keep you guys too long because you're probably sick of me. I get it. So I'll let you go. I'm sorry for talking so long. I thank you guys for listening. If you can, please go to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Oh my God, I'm so annoying about that. I know, I get it. But it helps it so much. So please go to iTunes on your desktop, rate, review it. If you like it, if you don't, just don't worry about it. Tell your friends, post on social media if you can. Anything that you can help get listeners to this podcast is super nice. And again, I'm, I know you don't have to do that. And it's annoying that I'm even asking, but I'm going to ask anyway, because I'm shameless. And we just got approved for Spotify. Spotify is very difficult to get your podcast up. So they just invited this podcast to be on Spotify. I got an email. So they have to sort of, they have to basically invite you on to put your podcast on Spotify. It's crazy how it works. You can't just throw it up like you can on iTunes. But I just got an email saying that Spotify wants it on their on their app or whatever you call it. So if you don't have iTunes or people without iTunes are going to be able to listen to this. I'm so excited. It's going to be up in like a week or two. They didn't give me an exact date, but they, they just sent me an email saying they wanted it on. And 
I'm super excited about it. So anyway, please tell your friends. Please rate and review it. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Danny Pellegrino. Facebook, I'm at Pellegrino Danny. And let me know what you guys think of this episode and, and what you guys like and, and what you don't like because it's super helpful going forward. I love you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. Oh, that was like a sing-songy one. But you know what? You know what? So what? Who cares, right, Wendy? We don't care. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. Bye, guys. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.